This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. All good stuff. We're here in the Extension Studio today. Mike Davis, VPS Architecture. I'm Sean Collins from Extend Group. This is the At 530 on Main podcast. Excited to have our guest in the studio today. We are talking to and with and through, hopefully, learning from Lynn Miller-Pease. She is the Chief Executive Officer of Leadership Everyone, where she develops servant leaders to transform communities with the support of her board of directors, staff, alumni, and volunteers. Lynn has more than 22 years of experience in facilitation, leadership development, civic engagement, and visioning for strategic action. I like that. Not planning, action. We get to the action items. Lynn is a 2010 recipient of the Sydney and Sedell Berger Community Service Award. Uh, In 2015, Lynn was recognized for her innovative community impact by both the Indiana Leadership Association and the Indiana Association of Cities and Towns. In 2017, the community visioning effort called Voice received the National Excellence and Innovation Award from the Association of Leadership Programs. And once again, in 2017, we are so excited to hear what's coming next for that during this podcast. And Lynn, this is definitely the definition, the experience when you get to know Lynn. She has a passion for diversity, servant leadership, and the collaborative process. Lynn, welcome to the App 530 on Main Podcast. Thank you, Sean. I'm glad to be here. And Mike, yay. Exciting. Yes, yes. It is. Mike. And I were introduced through Leadership Everyone's Board of Directors. It was a pleasure to go through that experience. Lynn and Leadership Everyone facilitates a leadership week, right? Tell us a little bit about the experience. We have a retreat experience. And so what we've developed over the years is a three-day, gosh, it's not even, I don't want to call it training. It's literally Every single person that comes brings the knowledge, the passion, the strengths that they have, and all of us, all of us learn from one another. So the whole three days, it's experiential learning. It's not that classroom style where somebody's talking at you. It's us creating things that people can do together, um, ways of learning that folks are all learning from us, but they're also teaching each other. And the the whole process over the three days, we cover servant leadership. We work with um, learning preferences to get people to understand how people learn and how they how they communicate better. Um, we go deep into strengths and strength finding. Our thought is if each servant leader, if they're geared up, if they're prepared, if they have the tools of really authentically knowing who they are, and we give them permission sometimes to be themselves rather than some of the stuff that other people have said. I don't know if you've experienced that, like, you know, Lynn, stop talking. Lynn, you've got too much energy. 
And then now I'm paid for talking and having too much energy. So it's really seeing who people are and that individual gets all built up to know what their passion is, to be able to communicate their strengths and talents, right? So we teach people how to do that for themselves, but you're doing it with 20, 25 other people. You're learning about them. Then in addition, we want people to take that out and practice that wherever they are. So with each person who has this experience, we're hoping that that ripples to many, many more people. So that's the first day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of, and it sounds like a lot, and it is. It's a whole lot. We also have alumni coming back and helping us. You both have been out yeah. to the retreats. And so that way you're meeting even more people. And after you've been through, you get to share your experience with other people. The second day, which was Sean's and my favorite day, that's when we do a whole visioning process. So, Amen to that. Yes. So many, many years, um, we went through this beautiful process of allowing people to envision a preferred future. So when Sean went through, when I got done with my class, I said, why aren't we doing this with the community? That was my class. Like, this is only 25, 30 people at a time. Why aren't we taking this everywhere? And when Sean came through, he came up to me and said, why, why aren't we doing this everywhere? And I'm like, I want to, I want to, I want to. Let's see if we can make it work, right? And um, it didn't happen right then. Something that um, you guys jump in, but I mean, sometimes you have an idea and it's a good one. And you know intuitively this is a phenomenal idea and it'll make a difference. But the collaborative climate, the people that are maybe making decisions at the time, it just doesn't quite click. Right. Um, so we can get into when that finally clicked. It, it has just changed. I know my world, Sean's world, Mike's world, but it's it's really made a difference in our whole community and now region. Well, in the experience, I think it's important to discuss not only do during that time do we talk about what does the future look like, but we get really grounded in where we're at. So we have a leadership, everyone has a community timeline, a diverse community timeline that highlights different eras, different times of what's happened within our community, both good and bad. And it allows the individual to put themselves within that timeline to make the present and their experience within that community very real before they vision for the future. And it allows, too, for people that didn't have any concept, let's say, about some of the situations that were happening within race that are just, an, uh, just you hear the stories, you cry. I mean, so sad, so upsetting. And sometimes without that understanding, you might sit there and go, why are people still unhappy? Why are they holding on to this hurt, right? That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. And when you hear it, you think, well, in a relationship, if I harm you or you harm me, if we don't talk it through, if we don't say that was wrong, Sean, that was wrong, yeah. and, and make that right, then it stays. And that's, in, that's with couples, it's with friends, it's with families, it's with communities. And so one of the beautiful things about having a realistic timeline is we have an opportunity with the people who go through something like voice, this visioning process, to look at the history and say, oh, my God, that was real. 
and they can make a choice as a community, as a group, as an organization to leave it behind. So what I have seen, and I know you all have been around some of our public meetings and in class, let's say just on the topic of of, um, the treatment of black people, someone is like when we say, what are you going to leave behind? And like the second person, let's say, is an older white male. And not that that's bad or anything like that, but that person says, we need to leave this oppression and racism behind. Well, the person across the circle that's African-American sees that and sees it over and over that people are saying, we don't want that. We don't want that. And so they they don't feel alone in that, for one thing. And it allows for, I think, for some forgiveness to happen if that's where people's hearts are. So um, all three of us experiencing that within class and then getting an opportunity to say, how do we do this for the community? And one other thing I want to talk about before I, we leave the actual retreat, our primary yes. purpose, these classes. The last day, um, so the first day we're talking about ourselves. Second day we're looking at this big vision, like if we could get it right, what could it look like? And we're sharing it and we're feeling like, wow, we're not the only people who want something outstanding for our community. The third day... In the afternoon, we talk about personal mission. And this time, we're armed with for sure what our strengths are and that we should be loud and proud with them, right? Right. That we want to use those if we're being a servant leader. And we're looking at our passions that we've kind of helped hone in on. And then we have the piece about what are you willing to take responsibility for or make a commitment? Because passion isn't hard for me. Like, I'll hear about something. I'm like, yes, that's so cool. And then I'm like, I could, my God, I love it. And then blah, 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 blah. But if you ask me, are you willing to spend time every day? Or are you willing to join a board? Are you willing to write a check? Are you willing to make a commitment, take responsibility for it? Yeah. Then my passions become a little more clear. Like I might be passionate enough to tell people about it, to get people involved, but it doesn't mean that's my board. Does that make sense? Right. So when when folks leave the retreat, and that's not the end, it's just kind of the beginning, they are equipped to say, this is what I want to work on personally, and I know that, and now I know what to say yes to, what to say no to. If I'm not involved with something in this particular area, I'm looking for that. So a lot of civic engagement comes just flat out from leaving the retreat and LE people and, and board members and you guys, and we're helping people find their way. But the other thing that happens is going through this three days and everything they can use when they leave, they use all of it, right? They've seen a group of people that didn't know each other. Maybe you would know one other person, but not well. Yes. Or maybe you know one other person you think you know well, but you didn't realize you didn't really know them that well. Mm-hmm. You get to the end of that day on Thursday and you realize that you have created a working team, a team that understands who's good at what, who would take what job, and then their challenge is to figure out how to apply that. So that's, that is so cool. But what I like to think about is if somebody was really going to use what we, what we gave them, they could go to any group they're involved with, take them through some of those processes, and create a team 
that's going to be at a higher function. Sean Georges, who comes out and talks about servant leadership, fabulous guy. He always talks about what's my highest and best use. Yes. And it allows us to really know that. And when a bunch of people know it, then, I mean, I look at the three of us. We've been doing stuff together for years. We're pretty sure what's our highest and best use. And sometimes you might say, we need this. I'm like, I can't. I can't do that one. I know I can't do. I can do this part. But what's beautiful about being connected to the Leadership Everyone alumni is if there's something that you don't know how to do, there's one of us that does or one of us that knows somebody who does. So there's there's this creation of this amazing web of talented people with the understanding of servant leadership. So if you're looking to do something that's not about you or your ego, it's about what do I do to make the whole better. But it's also about me because I need to make a commitment. I need to know who I am. I need to I need to lead authentically and say what I'm good at so you guys can use me instead of being too maybe embarrassed or you're not sure you should tell somebody. I always say tell it. Tell it in a in a helpful way. Yeah. This is what I can do to help. I mean, don't we all love that if somebody comes up and says, I don't know about that, but I can do this and you're like Sign them. Yeah. I mean, let's go. (laughs) This is what I'm willing to, like, don't force them into something that, you know, everybody typically comes to us now and says, hey, can you do this logo or can you do, you know, the the logo and all that stuff I have done in the past. But now it's more if you need, you know, if you need help in strategy, if you need help in planning, if you need help in, you know, visioning where this thing can go and look at a linear timeline and how that comes together – light me on fire and if it has to do with how we get kids involved at early age even more so and i'm willing to do that but when it comes to the 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 very tactical things knowing the creative pioneer guardian that i am i just i kind of fall backwards now i'm going that's not the best use of my ability at this given moment here are a few things that i'd be willing to do and i i can give them that today at one point I would say yes to everything, yes, and apply it myself, which was way outside of my 70-30, and then my batteries were drained at the end. Being able to express those things as a creative, you get to the end and you're like, wow, like – that was hard. Yeah. And <laughs> I I've loved seen it. Sean, Look at these great outcomes. Oh, yeah. But. I see you. And when you're allowed to do that first part that you're really doing, if there's a need for a look at the end, it's just there. Like It's not some kind of like a weird creative thing trying to make something match that doesn't match. Yeah. It, it evolves. That stuff evolves out of the work you've done to figure out where you want to go. Otherwise, you end up with something in right. Yeah, we have so, the exact yeah. same Exact same process mindset when it comes to the Zion space and people yeah. are like, this is what we want. Are you sure that's what you want? Tell me a little bit about what you want. And then by the end, go through the process. It's like, that's not what you want. You know, you, you guys were just looking at magazines. You're just looking at HGTV. That's not really what you want. And it's not going to serve Here's them. what you want. Yeah. And this is what's going to make your brand better. Yeah. Right. That's going to be part of your brand, of your message. You know, because I always say connection and resources is everybody wants to look at everything else in the world, no matter what the problem. If you got the connections and the resources, you can solve it. That makes sense. So keep going on the retreat and the, you know, the third day is when everyone comes together, gets the personal mission, gets a line there. Then you go through 
what can we do, right? And yeah. what they're what looking for. So what we do is, and I think this is probably worth talking about because a lot of groups don't do this. We want the group of people that went through the retreat to get back together three times. Absolutely. Which, you know, like, all right, so what? But the way in which you do that will hugely affect whether or not you've got most of your people involved. Right. So some people preset dates are wrong. That does, I mean, that's really, if somebody, you know, if they're an attorney and they got a court date, they're not coming. So what we do is we go through a process and we find a date and a time that every single person sitting in that room can do. And then we do another one. And then we do another one. And the reason I say this is what happens is I've, I've met up with all too many people who at the end, there's three people doing the work and they're exhausted, right? Because yes. what happens is they say, okay, um, we get this group and then we make a, a date and you're not sure if it worked for people. You make a date. So then half the people can come three quarters. Yeah. So yeah. then those three quarters then make the next date. Well, the people that aren't there didn't get to weigh in. So then you get down to a quarter, and pretty soon you don't have the capacity. Now, I'm not saying 100% of the people come because things happen, but we really talk about making that a, a commitment because in the follow-up, when we come together for follow-ups, part of what we're doing is um, accountability. So we give homework, things that we want you to practice, and what we really need to do is talk about what you've experienced. And of course, this is another experiential thing. Some of the best stuff we teach came from people trying this somewhere, coming back and saying, I did this, but then I added this to it, or I was able to do this thing. So we're all learning and growing. Plus, I think you don't really get, you don't own something until you're teaching it. Absolutely. I mean, you can do it and it's kind of yours. But once you start teaching other people, then it becomes so innate that you sometimes don't even know you're doing it anymore. That's absolutely. Yeah. When you talk about apprenticeship and there's a four-step process of, you know, hey, let me go with you. Let me watch and see how you as an – like let me experience how you deliver it. Let me be there the first time. Second time, let me go through that experience again for you and let me participate in that experience. So let me be an active participant in how you deliver that content. And then typically what happens is either the person goes, hey, um, yeah, I can do this. And that's where they typically in major corporations and in in startups, wherever you're at within the, the work cycle or where you're at within your career, typically that's where people get left alone and say, Godspeed, little star. This is it. Like you were with me once and watch me. You did it with me. Now you can do it on your own. Well, that's where like this pit of despair typically happens where they're not competent at it. They consciously know they're bad at it or they think they're bad at it. They haven't went over the window. And that's where a majority of people will slump down in their desk and go, okay, um, I really don't know what I'm doing, but I'm supposed to apply this. And they struggle for six, seven, eight months as that stress builds where If the organization and the leader would say, okay, now you're going to teach this. I'm going to sit alongside you and support on this third round. 
I'll be there for you. If you look at me and assert, you know, give me the signal, I'll step in because I know that may be a challenge for you. Get in there and do that. And then on the fourth side where they do it alone, the individual that's mentoring them or whatever it is comes alongside. They're not there at all. They're just there as, as the support physically in the room. Things change. It's a game changer. And what you're saying there is bringing it back. If you absorb it and it all stays here and you don't tactically apply it. So everything that we go through now, it's like, yeah, I know that you did that and you like listen to that podcast or you watch that online training through whatever it is. Show me. Educate me on how to do it. Show me how you do it. Because if you don't do that, you really haven't applied it and it's not a learned experience. And once more, in just in regular work, some of the things that we do at LE are annual. Yeah. So you've got your new person, you get them all kind of in this thing, you, you get through that first time. Well, it's a year before you do Yeah. <laughs> so I remember thinking, I think it was four years I, I was involved with Celebration of Leadership before I really understood the pieces. Then somebody took it over for a while. And when I came back in, I had to really relearn it again because I forgot. applying. Yeah. I forgot. So, So, yeah. This is a a 40-plus year experience though, right? Yes. So people have been coming through this, and there's also a wonderful natural connection of alumni. Yeah. That if you say, I'm I'm going through LE or I'm going through Leadership Everyone, and sometimes you need to say leadership, previously Leadership Evansville because that's what they experienced. Immediately, there's a shared experience. Truth is, what we did 40 years ago was pretty different from what we're doing now. But the basis of the way you felt is the same. And it gives us something to talk about. It gives us, if we're working on a team, remembering, let's be servant leaders so we collaborate better. Because I think that's, that, that's for me, it was always, if you, you summed it up in an elevator pitch when people call me or I talk to them. They were like, eh, what is this? And what? I was like, look, just trust me on this. You'll get something out of it. It might be one piece. It might be the whole kit and caboodle. But everybody gets something out of it. And that's what I always liked about it. It was like, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. You will get something out of it. Yeah. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It'll be up to you. But you'll get something out of it that you take with you into your daily life after it's over. We were just in an appointment um, to talk about getting radio time for voice coming out, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, Tim Halsing was saying, I'm still connected to the people. He goes, not everybody, but there's a certain number of people in that class that I know I could call them if I needed something. And one of his salespeople said the same thing. He goes, oh, you're meeting with Lynn. He goes, I'm still, I still talk to and there's a support system. And I think part of that whole like learning partner thing where, you, where you're really partnered with one other person, if you can't figure something out with what you've learned, you can ask them if they can. And then they always know they can come back to staff or to board or to other people. We're kind of open. Like everybody's phone number's out there. Everybody's wanting to see people do well. And maybe that's I'm not going to say that some of the things we do don't end up solving problems, 
but we tend not to be a problem-based organization. Our way is get talented, creative servant leaders, let them vision for the future, and if there's a problem underneath that, we're going to solve it. And we're, we've got enough people we're going to figure out how to, rather than kind of churning that what's wrong with everything, yeah. we tend to be what's right, what are the assets, what are the possibilities, what are the opportunities, and it doesn't mean that we're afraid of a problem, because we're not, but we know if we're headed that direction, we've got half of it solved just by the attitude, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that strategic action that I said, you know, in that 22 years of uh, experience of strategic action. It's not just the recognizing and, and coming through what the core, you know, challenge might be. It's the action that's applied to it. So, Mike, with the retreat experience, it's been held up until this year, right? At Barn Abbey in New Harmony, yeah. Indiana. At least for the last many years since I took yeah. over, I, I, I moved it to the barn. There's history behind the facility there. It's in New Harmony, Indiana. Some leadership, you, you go to the whatever on the beach. This is a, I believe it's very a very physical experience yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That space, that area, New Harmony, I mean, it's a great location, great setting. It's a beautiful um, setting. And when we had the challenge of COVID, um, the space at the barn is really shoulder to shoulder, basically. Yes. I mean, it's intimate, but it's fabulous, but it's shoulder to shoulder. And I'm thinking, where could we go that's large enough, but still feels like you're in a lodge and um, you look out and see trees and all that kind of stuff? Well, we've done so much work with the IBW. I went, oh, the IBW place might work. Yeah. And they have been unbelievable. They are letting us use that space. We did a retreat for their members um, in St. Minerit at one point. So they also help us with the radio show. I mean, they're just really good, great partners. So we were able to do the same experience, just a little more spread out with a few more guidelines about how to keep safe and how to how, get people to feel comfortable during COVID. And we've had one. And because it wasn't in the barn and because it wasn't quite so close, I really worried. What if this didn't what if it didn't bond like the, the way we right. were used to it? Um, it was a little bit of a, a chance. And um, I'm telling you what, this class bonded incredibly well. They are so tight. Part of it might be because most of us haven't gotten to be around people for a while. So even six feet apart was better than by yourself. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, I know my, my classmates, uh, we get together and we play golf still. Uh, still, I mean – Every uh, quarter, we at least uh, go out for an outing on on Friday. A few of our our class and still and that's uh, back in 08, right? Uh, two thousand nine. Nine. Okay. Okay. Good. June of two thousand nine. Best class ever. That's what everybody says, right? Well, uh, every, of their own class. Of their own class. Yes. yes. Two thousand and nine. I don't know. I think oh uh, nine may have. You know, if you look at you know board of directors numbers, I think oh nine. I think. Probably couldn't compete with 88, 89. Really? Yeah. I don't know 88 or 89. Yeah, that was mine. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Every one of them? Not every one of them, but we had big classes back yeah. then. We had like 60 people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I know... Uh, yeah, if I started listing my class, you would be amazed. I mean, it's it's Kristen Tucker, Mark Fine, Bob Musgrave. Boom. Um, Mark Miller. I mean, it just keeps yeah. going that way. Shirley Becker, um, Bob Dillow. 
so, um, I mean, it, it's really John Hageman, God, God rest his soul, we miss him. But they're all like that. I mean, yeah, they're just, and it's not positional. You can have somebody that's frontline. We've had people that are presidents of a neighborhood association, volunteers, heads of corporations, and everybody's all mixed in together, and that's the way we like it. Yeah. One thing that, that I have to say about, about Sean is we were so excited about the idea of doing visioning. Oh, we, I was so excited. We knew. We knew that this is the right time. By God, we were going to do this determined, and we just it would not work. So three years later, I get a call from Lloyd Winicky. He wants to meet with me, and, and we've done some facilitation for the city, and we've done some and for Fifth Third and all kinds of things. And he said, Lynn, he said, if I'm successful in becoming elected mayor, would you be willing to do host facilitate listening sessions? Yeah. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, I can't wait to call Sean. I mean, I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, Lloyd, I said, what do you think about if we did more than listen? What if we visioned, we have a process that we can, you know, I mean, we didn't know exactly how we were going to make it two hours, but we figured we could. And he said, yes. Yeah. Next, I mean, like the mayor walked out of my office. Not yet. He wasn't the, the hopeful, I guess, whatever yeah. you call him. He walked out of my office, and I called Sean. I'm like, we're in. We're going to do it this time. We've got to be able to do it this time. Yeah. And we put together, boy, what a team we had to start this thing. We had an entire class that we asked to take it on, and then we just figured it out. We knew we wanted people to come together and experience what we'd experienced at the retreat, but everywhere. Yes. And we knew we needed to have it be different times of day, all over the community. We knew all that. But we had to take a four-and-a-half, five-hour process and and servant leadership and mush it into a two-hour. Yeah. So we got help from Kelly Coors. He came yes. up with the timeline. He did. Um, we had a wonderful friend, um, Rick Cameron mm -hmm. from EVSC, he went through the class and he sent me the Flower Man book. Absolutely. Because we had to figure out how are we going to get servant leadership taught and do vision in two hours, yeah. right? That was such an as a, a thread that wove oh. through the story that that couldn't that book couldn't have been more meaningful. It was, at that I time. think, I don't yeah. know, it was Where divine it was, or universal belief delivered. or spirit, yeah. but I literally was starting to sweat because we were getting ready to start, yeah. and. I'm still trying to come up with something, and I get that book, and it was like this, oh, and I, again, call Sean. I do a lot of that. And I'm like, Sean, wait until you see this flipping book. This is it. Because the book was all pictures, too. So little bitty kids could go for this. I mean, people in different languages. I mean, it fit. So we, we put together our idea, and we knew that we wanted to make sure that we had diverse people, so we kind of came up with a, oh, a simple, a simplified way to find out demographics, which yeah. meant we had somebody with a clipboard that looked at people, or if they knew people, they marked hashtags. Yeah, which is not ideal, but we didn't know, we didn't know how deep this would go. We didn't know that we would be using that data in ways that was unimaginable when we started. So we had a little practice session, and um, we set up um, meetings, and we did it. Like, 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know really how we did it that fast, but we just started and we learned every time we had one. But what was so cool, do you remember after the first non-practice one, we were at the center and all those people were so excited? Yeah. There was was a lot of energy that walked out of that that transferred to a lot of the movement and and a a lot of action that took place right out of that first one. Not only was it the visioning, but it was just the emotional connections to other individuals within the community that they were able to take and apply things out of it. But yeah, I mean, when you came out of the retreat, we always looked at a class project and and one of the partners and I sat down and, and we actually pitched it to our class back in 09 and said, hey, let's come together and let's do the community visioning. I've always said that Evansville is a thousand you know, different beacons of light. Like you have a challenge, everybody will come together. There's not a community that's any kinder, that's more willing to work as hard as possible to help someone in need. Uh, There's just a lot there and a lot of things that, that we like helping in. So I took that visioning process that was in the retreat and just said, what I mean, if we did that for the community, what does that look like? And we pitched that. We didn't win because it was a big deal. I mean, for a, a, I probably had a lot of nurtured guardians and my said, how do we apply that today? And how is it relevant? And they wanted to know how it ended before it started. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're if you don't have an innovative spirit, I guess I'm going to call it. I mean, I figure we'll figure it out as we go. Wow. Uh, but, but not everybody. And then they could. They had a hard time believing that there would be enough capacity in that group. And I'm like, no, no, no. We'll add the rest of the alumni. Yeah. But they couldn't quite see it. And they yeah, did right. something. They did. They did a beautiful thing. Yeah, we went together and and we volunteered at the uh, Ronald McDonald House. And we made meals on Friday nights. Yeah. And it was a and it was very beautiful. you know very touching and, and very meaningful experience for everybody that was in that class to do that. I know Doros was a big fan. His yeah. family was was touched uh, personally by, touched yeah. by the Ronald McDonald House, had some experience there. Doros was a classmate, and and we all could connect with yes. seeing his passion yes. in that and being able to apply our skills through that. So, yeah, and as creatives and connectors and pioneers, we typically live in the future. So what we should probably do and, and everything is sketch out the details, create the wireframe and get into the details a little bit and put that on the shelf just for a little bit because we're typically out four or five years. Yes, and that's about right. From what it is. That's about when it is. And then bring that out and say, here's exactly how we're going to deliver it because we've thought, I mean, we can see it. We know what it looks like. We, We can almost see it, touch it, feel it, smell it in our minds as done. As soon as it the the thought hits the brain, it's boom. It, this is what it looks like. This is the color. This is the aroma. This is all of it. But what we ha- we have to do is we have to bring everybody that's you know, there's seventy percent of the population that are very present minded. Like, what are we doing today? How what we do I work? need yes. to do today? What How do I already have commitment? on my plate? Oh, what do yeah. I have? Yeah. All those things. But we were able to take that, put that on, and when Lynn called and said, hey, you know, this is this is the plan, uh, this is what was requested, I mean, I couldn't have been any happier. Well, and, and the thing is, too, 
every time you know the classes decide what to do, there's groups, there's people that that's yeah. not what they wanted. Yeah. So I always say, don't don't let that fire go out. Let's see if we can find some other people around it. And some of the people that were interested when you wanted to do it first, yeah. they were not part of the group. They were not. That went, and then as we shared it, I mean, James Cox was huge. Oh he was in a different class. I yes. tried to talk their class into joining mm -hmm. that group. And he said, I don't think it can blah, blah, blah. Then Denny and you guys talked about it at an annual meeting. Yes. And he's like running across the room because I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. And he, and, but James was the one that, could see how to take some of the vision and and fill in those pieces. Very much. My guardian. God, we did thirty. Yes, we did thirty-two meetings. All the high schools. I don't think James missed one. The mayor was at all but one. I think. I think I missed like four of the public. I didn't get to all. I don't know three of the public sessions. The schools. Uh, I think I was like at. A quarter or a half. You were in there most. Was, yeah. You were in most of them. Yeah. And so it just, man. And so, all right. And I've got to brag about an Ellie board too. Oh, Our yeah, board, board of directors right then and then later. I don't know if you were on the board yet. I don't remember if you guys were on yet. Maybe not that round. Greg Freiberger was president. And we had had all this change right before that. We lost two presidents. Boom, boom, right in a row. One because of a child being hurt and another moved. So poor Greg Freiberger came on to executive committee and then went whoop, to president. Yeah. And then we decided to do voice. I mean, bless his heart that he even stayed. I was He's a great guy. But that board of directors, I mean, we had Rob Henson writing grants. I mean, everybody was helping. And they asked a few questions yeah. at a board meeting. And I said, hmm, I said, I don't have the answers to that yet. And... They all looked at me, and I said, listen, we're flying a plane. We haven't even built the wheels yet. I said, we're, we're flying it while we're going. I said, but I can tell you intuitively this is going to work. What it's going to look like, neither the mayor nor I nor Sean, nobody knows exactly what we're getting, yeah. but it's going to be amazing. And they all just looked at me, and one other question <laughs> happened, and I said, and I don't have any room for impeders. <laughs> Is that even a word? <laughs> Nobody. We don't have time don't or have room time, yeah. for people impeding because we've the the plane's already going. Yeah. And so everybody. And I said it doesn't mean you can't ask questions or show, but we're we're doing it to assist in getting where we're going, not to impede. And that board regardless of their makeup or how they're wired, they did not impede us from doing it. Once it got started, they could really see how this was going to be a benefit, but it took a lot of trust. Poor Julie Moore. I mean, she would just sometimes just cover her eyes like she was in a plane, didn't want to see where we were going. But we had no idea what we were doing. Jeff Krzyzewski was so important. All these different people came back together, and we just did it. So the end result you know, 3,000 plus people through, right? Yeah. Many vision drawings done, many carry forward, leave behinds, big action meetings. Yeah. You know, so behind. yeah, once we got, once we got to where we said, okay, we, you got to draw a line at some yeah, point and say, we got to collate and add up this stuff and, and analyze it, I guess. And of course that was other people doing that. Not I mean you guys might've helped, but you know, not for me. So then we had to pick, we felt we should pick three areas to really focus on. 
what was interesting, people were saying, were they, were they the top ones? And I said, yes and no. One was, but do you remember how homelessness popped up? And we had this amazing homeless commission under Luzeda Hayes and all these people. They didn't need us. They didn't need our help. What they could use, though, was our information. So one of the most important things about voice last time and this time is we share. If this were like a paid consulting group or if this were, if somebody in particular owned it, not even the city owned it, even though the mayor was working with us, all kinds of people were part of it. So we were able to take anything having to do with the arts. We gave it to Ann McKim. Anything about homeless, we handed out education, David Smith and the other school things. And what we decided on, and this was a we, I mean, it wasn't a me or two of us, it was a group. We decided that healthy green space, that was the highest numbers. And that meant things like water, like what are we going to do in the riverfront? It meant parks, it meant trails, connected parks, bikes, yada, yada. The second one was city core. So rather than just downtown, although there was a huge emphasis on downtown, um, we we helped come up with the position that Josh Armstrong has now with the chamber. And, you know, we fanned that fire and let it go. It was awesome. And then we knew that just downtown needed to be healthy, but we also wanted Franklin to be healthy and Haney's Corner and near U of E. And there were different things like that. And then the third one, our old way was to do like a master plan and we'd get a building. (laughs) Am I wrong? So what they were saying is we want experiences. So what were things that we could do? What kind of music? What kind of um, trail, biking, something, something, something? So um, we asked all the people to come back that wanted to. I think we had 250 or more that one evening one and 100 the next day. Mm and shared the information, and then this is part of the beauty of why I think this worked. Sean, and you, you, you jump in. We asked people if they would help us in those areas, so they literally were signing up to be part of the engaged people that were going to make it happen. So we didn't say it was all the city's responsibility here. We said we wanted to work on that, and people were signing up, and we started to have these big action meetings, which were not big planning meetings, they were what kind of strategic action could come out of this, and not only could, who's going to do it, Yeah, which was huge. The great thing about it was there's the three cores there, and you, you talk about experiences. They could bring an experience that they wanted to share with the community or they wanted to bring to the community, but there was already three or four experiences already lined up that if they just wanted to get the action, if they didn't want to go like that action-oriented person say, yes, I want an experience in downtown, well, we already have that. That was Love on Main, I think. There was yeah. an event held on Valentine's Day. We were doing pop-ups pop-ups to see if they yeah. would work. So they already had yeah. plan. Like if you wanted to you know, skip all the ideation and what the strategy was and, and you needed to just apply action, if you're one of those individuals, there was already projects under each one of those buckets, if you will. The right now. Yeah. So you could go to action. You could go to you could go to implementation and ideation in the beginning around what, you know, City Core was, or you could go right to a right to, you know, action. So they had the opportunity to come in either in the front 
or just with, you know, time and, you know, treasure and, then, and then talent. Some of the people just got to attend. Yeah. Like something happened and they attended and we needed all of those. One of the things I think we did well, too, I'm going to talk about. When we got those groups together, the first question we ask is what's already happening? Because sometimes you get yeah. people starting to work on something that somebody else is doing and it just gets weird. That's one of those thousand. We don't need a thousand. We got it all so. pulled together. Mike Shoulders put together a whole map yeah. of all the all the green space we had to date. It was giant. It was this huge thing we could look at. The other thing is so often we've seen groups come together. They vision. They do whatever. They get all these ideas. Yeah. And then it just kind of it kind of peters out like it doesn't – nothing comes of it or a couple of meetings and then nobody knows what the hell's going on. They all quit. Yeah. Or there's information gathered and it's taken off somewhere and nobody talks about the people who gave it to them again. Like there's no communication back. Yeah. So because of Sean and his expertise, we had a way to send back every report – and keep people informed all the time about what was happening so they they knew they were heard and if we they could they could correct us then we applied we had all this alumni we had great facilitators scribes recorders we had folks from I'm thinking of Kevin Spindler like from um, from Toyota that are these amazing project management people you've got the project management stuff and we started to put people like that with the ideas if they wanted our help and that helped us keep going. And then didn't you and Nate create the tool shed? Toolbox. Yeah. yeah that because was that cool. was the that was the the biggest roadblock, I think, when it started implementing is like you had a thousand people and they all had great ideas and they wanted to do this. And as soon as they figured out the red tape or the legally can we do it, all that stuff, and they and they just got exhausted. Yeah, exhausted their creativity and Drain their battery, you know, to the point where they're like, eh, forget it. Too much work. We're like, no, no, can we find the alumni resources, right, yes. to be able to be like, you come to us, tell us your idea, tell us who you have on your team, and then we're going to give you whoever out of this toolbox that can help you get it done, yes. get it implemented. I think we got a couple of projects through or they'd hit like, like a that. variant yes. thing, something that was that felt really overwhelming, and it we really, just kept saying, "Don't quit, don't quit, come back right. to us." And come for back them, it was hugely overwhelming. Yes. But for you know an attorney, it was just filling out a piece of paper yeah. and taking it down, you know, to Civic Center and filing it. There you go, and you know to make that process easier for them was uh, where we were trying to take that because again, resources. Right. If you have the resources, I think people could. We people could can make it happen. Make it happen. Somebody's going to make it happen. So we had some big stuff come. Parks Fest and um, we have um, the the Franklin Street Bazaar is still going. I mean, there's a number of things like that. Then we ended up being invited to be part of every major plan in the city. Yeah. And so what I, at some point I looked by my desk and I had a stack of three and a half feet of plans. And I thought, well, now, <laughs> what the hell are we going to do with this? Yeah. So I asked Dave Covenat at Lockmuller and Associates. I said, is there any way to put the plans on Google? I think it was yeah. Google thing so that we could see what the maps were, what people were doing, and see where there was crossover and get people working together. Water and Sewer was able to use that, the city engineers, all kinds of stuff. And we 
we also could kind of see where's the little link between this trail and that trail. Yeah. It was, yeah. but I think because we're a nonprofit and everybody's kind of together on this, it didn't matter what company you were with, they were okay to do that for us and share it. Right. So, so there was a lot of that kind of amazing stuff. Then the data was put into, oh my gosh, regional cities. It was some of the base of ease for everyone. I mean, it just went on and on. Promise zone designation. Um, so I always it felt really like made a difference. That summed up Evansville, right? Because I always felt like, hey, you got five organizations. They're all doing something similar. It's like, why don't you guys become one organization and your impact would be that much more And you'd have more resources. Because all five of them are calling O&B to get money. Yeah. They're calling back to get money. It's like, wait, wait, wait. If you were one organization calling, though, better shot. And you're probably going to get more money to support what you're trying to do. Yeah. Because you're doing a little bit, but your impact could be greater if you guys would just join forces. you know. And, and when you start to see those overlaps because of voice – and you were like, I saw a lot of that. Like, hey, we're doing, wait, we're doing this. Yeah. And then let's, let's get, get together, together. Yes. And let's make it happen. I mean, Weinbach, right in Weinbach. Is that the connector? I mean, when you saw that connector and the overlap and the, we're going to tear this up. Wait, we're tearing that up in three weeks after you're putting it back. And when they can pull it together, they pull that street up one time, yeah. then they've got the extra money to put it down complete or more beautiful. Right. And people wanted that. They just said, make it pretty, make it beautiful, make it connected, make it greener. Yeah. So just amazing well, stuff. That is that is an experience that has has and, and will be enhanced. We're in a different time period, right? We talked about how the leadership retreat has been impacted by COVID-19, you know, and, and then as, as visionaries, everybody said, as part of LE and leadership, everyone, we said, what does that look like? Not just for Evansville. Let's make this thing bigger. Let's, let's expand, right? So, And it started to do it on its own. Do you yeah. remember, Sean, like all of a sudden we're saying, well, is Newburgh City Core healthy? Yeah. Is Mount Vernon? Is we need all of them healthy? And then why aren't? Why do we have a trail that goes partway in and almost to work, but we haven't connected with work? So it, it's almost like, oh, I don't know. It's it's like it became so obvious that we needed to do regional voice. The thinker and me just continue to go. Okay, we now have a baseline. Whether it whether it be a hundred percent, you know, uh, scientific or not. Like we have a baseline now to go, okay, you know, healthy green space, city core and experiences like that rose to the top. We knew homelessness was there, but already had a really good coalition, you know, going after that. So the thinker in me is like, okay, how do we take that and multiply that? Not only for the city of Evansville, but the region, but how can Evansville use this as a benchmark forever? But it yes, also, but, and it, it, but yeah. see, I'll, I'll correct you right there because it, I mean, we're leaving out, there's a very important transformational piece that happened to the organization because of all this too, right? right? You're right. Uh, a name change that, that was very important, I think very significant as you lead into regional yeah. expectations. Because we were having people from all over the region experience voice. They were experiencing the class. They were on my board. There was resources coming in from companies throughout the region. And all of a sudden, 
Right. We're looking at this as a board and, and going, Sean, I mean, it's it's not it's not Evansville. Well, we knew that. We knew it. We knew it for years. Yeah. But, but we had yeah, to Because you said to L.A. Hit. Yeah, a lot. It had to hit a lot yeah, of until, people. Yeah, it was we, – we had to get to the point where – um, whether we like it or not, certain cities and counties didn't want a didn't want Evansville to facilitate their discussion. There was a little bit of that branding fair. up front. I mean, it was a fair, yeah. you know, a, a, a fair discussion, and I'm glad that they they brought it up because when you have leadership Evansville coming into let's say a Posey County facility. Why is Evansville facilitating a discussion for North Posey or Poseyville? Why is that happening? Now, when you can come in and that experience is led by leadership, everyone, those walls are down. And it was actually a pretty smooth transition because nobody – okay, there's more than one. It's not just regional. We have been open and inclusive and, and, and have provided equity. Yes to people all through our 40-some-odd years. I mean, even from the very first board, we were a diverse board back in 76 when nobody was doing that stuff. So everyone really made sense. And then with the E is for Everyone campaign, that was also a way for us to join that by saying leadership everyone. So it just really it made sense, and we, we've done that. And we've had amazing feedback. We've had very, very positive feedback. Thanks, Mike, for yes, absolutely. That. That's a that's a big that's a big point. Uh, and to we bring needed up. to do that. Pri- like it had to go in the right. Like we were headed, we were headed for that regional voice, yeah. and we kind of went, wait a minute. Yeah. And then we said, let's let's take care of the first business, which is leadership, everyone, and then we'll go into. Regional Voice, the, I think one of the most fun parts about Regional Voice for me has been we've done it once, we know it works, and I love to maximize. So we got to build it better. So so we got a group of data people um, before we even got started on how we were going to facilitate it, right. and we were linking that with what Sean was building. So we've got a great demographics um, lists that people fill out. I don't understand it completely, but people are private, but they're also marked. Right. So and we have, I mean, there's, so you know, 20 data. plus uh, data points. Data within points. This, we yeah, go. there's 20 what plus data points of individuals that are in the room. I think it also brings trust. I, I think that's one of the important features, you know, obviously lacking in our world today, especially with politicians on both sides, wherever you you land. And so bringing that trust that someone can come, have their voice heard, yeah. share whatever they want to share, and it's going to be collected and utilized in a way that benefits them, right? It's not just going to be data that's stored yes, somewhere. It's, and, exactly. And, it's used and yeah. it's used appropriately and fairly. And um, so when we get done, I'm imagining, let's say um, – Maybe one of the companies in Posey County, maybe AstraZeneca, wants to see what the young people between 18 and 26 are looking for and envisioning, and they want to see so – so they want to make sure that they're um, presenting themselves in a way that might be good or, or maybe Posey County. Yeah. Yes. 
Hosey County might be trying to figure out, all right, if we're trying to build our capacity with talent, yeah. um, what are the things that the young people are looking for in quality of life that might be different? So, so we can pull out different things like that. But then we can also, I think as we go through this, we're asking people to envision a preferred region. And, and so we've got Henderson, Posey, Gibson, Vandenberg, and Warwick involved. Some people are going to follow that direction. Right. And some people, their vision is for um, Mount Vernon, or it's for Princeton, or it's for Hopstadt. Right. Those are beautiful visions, too. <clears throat> and we can certainly get those visions together and say, okay, um, Princeton, here are some of the things that were bubbling up just for Princeton. Do you want to build a team around making this happen? You know, that kind of thing. As well as picking the, the two to three major things of the region that will help us connect and do amazing things for them. So um, I, it's going to be so cool well, the, to see how this turns out. The opportunity – uh, to do this at this time is is challenging. Our first Evansville voice was all in person. You know, you could have a hundred, you could have five hundred in a room if you wanted, right? Um, it was very um, very hands on. Um, Lynn facilitating in Lynn's fashion that really connects with with everyone in the room. She makes sure everyone's included. But but now we live in a, a different – so we, we so had to we innovate had, a little well, bit. We had, we had, to we had innovate, 12 right? or so before COVID hit. Yeah. And we were doing some um, – we wanted to make sure that the new way was working. So we, we called African American Museum, AstraZeneca, USI did the first couple, so on and so forth. And they were beautiful. They were coming out on the reports beautifully with our website. Like, we are ready to go. Yeah. Boom, COVID hits. So we go, hmm. How do we um, do that? How do we do this? So Sean's team has worked very hard with us to create an experience online so that wherever you are, um, and if you don't have computer access, certainly libraries and things like that, we can work with that. Um, or call us. We'll figure out a way or to get to work you hooked on your up. Phone. Yeah, we can. It can work on the phone. And you can do this experience without having to be in an in-person um, situation if that makes you feel uncomfortable. At the same time, if somebody wants to have an in-person, if you're already working together, yeah. you're already in a school together, you're already whatever – um, we will still do the in-persons, and we have practiced how to do that safely with COVID. We can do it. But the idea that now um, we're going to do this on Thursday, yeah. we're going to launch on the 17th, we're going to do our big launch in that we're, we're beginning in a big way, um, teaching, Sean will be teaching people how to do it online. We have people joining us yeah. at the airport, which is kind of the middle of the five regions, um, and we've also got people doing little satellite launches and press conferences from their place. So it, it's Toyota, AstraZeneca. There's all kinds of places. Hometown Root in Henderson, the community college in Henderson, Ivy Tech, so on and so forth. So people are going to be all over the region doing this in every every single county. 
um, because we wouldn't do it if we couldn't keep everybody. We just have to do it later, right? I mean, we always include the the whole group. Yeah, and I mean, it's a very innovative way. I mean, the technology is there. It's a responsive design website that has some ability in it to collect the data that we need up front. We are able to collect the demographic information there. We're able to capture Lynn doing her thing in that environment of what a live voice session looks like. And it was an actual session. We had videotaped one thinking that we might want to show people how it is. And luckily we had that so we could make this. We could put it together. Yeah. So now it's a cut down version and video to show the experience that you would have in person. And then we ask after they watch that in different modules that they put in their carry forwards, their leave behinds, what, you know, give us a paragraph of what your preferred region looks like. And now we're able to compound that all into one, you know, one online experience. And you can do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't, I mean, I'm going to say, I haven't researched it. I haven't went out to Google and said, who has done community visioning through an online, you know, platform to get these results. But I'm going to say leadership, everyone is is pretty innovative in that that mindset during this period of taking some existing technology and putting it down and saying, how can even at this period in this time get what we need? Well, I think, too, um, having seen the retreat during COVID, I don't know that there's ever been a time we've needed it more. Yeah. Um, we Just to be thinking positively about the future, um, to know that your voice counts, that we will be paying attention to every single voice. And when we say inclusive, we have had little bitty kids I always think of um, the Vidal Viangos Martin. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was any more than six when he did his vision. Mm-hmm. And he stood there with an elderly man and they, I don't know, it was just so beautiful. I don't know if that man had ever met a little guy from Venezuela. It, yeah. it, it was just so beautiful. So it, it's for everyone. And then if anybody's having any struggle with it, we'll help. I mean, we've got so many alumni Anybody could sit with somebody. We would we would make sure that somebody feels really good about filling that out. Um, and then you're going to be able to go to the website. You'll get a report back of what you said. Um, we'll go. We haven't figured out yet because we haven't seen how many come in. Yeah. Every so many will have a group just like we were if they were all together. We also added architects to our in-person meeting. Mm-hmm. And we've had them do schematics on what they were hearing. I believe we will be able to do that with the online too. We'll just take a certain number and then make one and and then we'll, then we'll have somebody draw it and put it up. So we're, we're extremely excited. If you're interested in kind of watching this press conference launch, um, September 17th at nine o'clock, you can go to leadershipeveryone.org and it will show you how to become part, watch it on YouTube and or Facebook Facebook live. And then once we get through the launch, the online version will be able to be used, and that's going to be on voicecommunity.org, that's right? Correct. Yes. So just thinking, you know, future, you know, way into the future, um, you know, now leadership, everyone having a domain that's wrapped around this visioning. So when you think about voice, it's not even just a region at some point. It, it can be an entire community. I mean, that could be the U.S. It could be. So there is uh, room to grow there as well for 
that experience. So we have we are an hour plus in to this episode of At 530 on Main brought to you by Extend Group and VPS Architecture. We have Lynn Miller Pease in the studio with us. Mike and I, both former graduates of uh, an alumni of the Leadership Everyone program and want to once again say thank you for the time. There's there's a few questions we like to ask. So we we went through what is the what is the core, what is the leadership retreat, talked about what's exciting from voice one, what was exciting and how that impacted the experience of everyone within the Evansville region and community and what's coming next for our region with five counties. We have Vandenberg, Warwick, Posey, Gibson, Gibson and Henderson. And they're all participating in it, and we're going to be launching that next Thursday. So we do have a few questions that we like to ask. So we've taught, we've used the word experience a lot during uh, this this discussion, and and how we we are very intentional on that. What does the word experience mean to you, Lynn? Well, I'm an experiential learner, so it's everything. I mean, I I. Um I like to be right in the middle of things, and that's how I absorb. That's how I learn. That's how I process. Um, I almost don't get things until I'm experiencing them. Yeah. So it's 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 wonderful. The other thing I would say is um, experience is life. Um, I mean, I just think that life and leadership is a contact sport. You just need to get there, get in there. I heard a lady say, get your hands dirty. Betty Poole said, that, just get your hands dirty. And I would encourage everyone, if there's an opportunity or something that's kind of nagging or nudging, go for it. Try it out. Get with a couple of people and don't let, don't let an idea not become an experience. I mean, let's get it out of our heads and hearts and into the world. Yeah, yeah we've talked a lot about the digital experience and, and through what we've talked about, the physical experiences where I live. So I always talk to people, you know, and you can look at a building, you can look at a place, TV, photographs, but until you're there, you don't really know. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it feels like to walk in there, to be a part of it. So in my world, what what would be a place that you've experienced that made you emotional, that really you go there and it's like, oh, wow, it's just overwhelming or it makes you emotional. Oh, I had a couple of thoughts. The first one is is the experience of the closing circle at the barn. Mm-hmm. Because you literally the connection you can almost scoop it out. Like it's just it it's so that's a more of a people experience. Yeah. The other one that I thought about was when I visited um Scotland and Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it did not seem to matter where I was. I I'm it's my heritage. Yeah. I, I could feel home in my feet if that makes sense. Just like, wow. It's like I knew the smell. I knew the way it felt, the color. Every part of it was so familiar. And I don't know if that's heritage or if I just fell in love with it, but I would go back any chance I get. I mean, I I could live there and be comfortable. I know I could. So, Well, we have a whole lot of other questions, but I, I think we have went through a lot on community We've talked about leadership. We've talked about servant leadership. Uh, we've talked about, um, you know, getting in and making that action happen. It, it's a lot of times like knowing what the challenge is, but are you a willing 
to apply the pressure to the flywheel to make it spin and to be able to sustain that. And I think it's important for Evansville, you know, in the surrounding region, as we grew out of Evansville, now we're the region, but I feel like we're having more and more, the impact is being felt because I think the leadership, at least in our community and the surrounding communities are more about servant leadership than just leading, just being there, just being in a position, right? They want to make an impact and they want to involve the community when they do. And I think one of the greatest challenges we had in first voice and second voice is keeping up with what really happened. And even in the Elliott retreats, I think we know a tiny bit about the impact compared to what really people were experiencing. Because some of the people, they weren't, they were doing things the guys that did Park Fest, they had, and like Robin Mallory, they had never right. even been to the original thing, but they understood the energy and they were building off. And then the people that experienced what they were doing probably have no idea it started. And I think the beauty of being a, a servant leader is that that's totally okay. Yeah. We just want it to happen. Well, it's um, a Flower Man book. If you haven't yeah. read it or seen it, it's, yeah. you know, you're just planting a flower, planting a seed. And one day you come back and it's grown or it's changed. It's, it's a garden. Yeah. But collecting a way, maybe there's a way on the website or on something that we can say, if you've experienced something positive because of, yeah. tell us a story. Because some some folks, they're just in that, that habit of not believing. Like you can tell them that, that you've seen like amazing things come out of something, but they're just in the habit of not believing. And until you've got some kind of proof or stuff, I don't know. I think we should probably uh, give the listeners a, uh, a, a break, break here, maybe come back and, <laughs> and talk about it again after we have some of it under our belt and, and say what the next innovative thing that's that's coming out on, on the platform, whether it be in the leadership retreat or voice itself. Could you, Lynn, tell the listeners how they can connect with you? Absolutely. Um, you can go to the website at leadershipeveryone.org. You can call me at 812-589-3682. And um, you can call the office line, but, you know, I won't be there. (laughs) Um, I rarely am in the office. So um, email is lynn at leadershipeveryone.org and would love to hear from you. You're on social too, right? You know, you're on oh, LinkedIn. Yeah. You I'm do on LinkedIn Facebook and, and um, Facebook. I'm I'm on it. I'm not daily. Yeah. I, I can miss a few things. So if you don't get me there, be sure and give me a call. Most people just call me. Yes, and Lynn's phone is always on. Um, if you do connect with Lynn, and she will get you connected to the action that you need to. And if there's a way you know, to work directly on a project. Lynn will call you at 4.15 a.m. because that is the time when we get started. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. That, now I'm, since I'm not, I don't have kids at home anymore, I'm not quite as early. <laughs> but I think I did send you something at 6.15 today. <laughs> no, we, we just get started early because yep. what I've found is that is the time where, where you can get a hold of people. Yes. They do have a moment mm-hmm. to chat. And that is a, I mean, right out of the day, right out of the box, you can really have some high impact energy right there. So listeners, thank you for tuning in again to the App 530 on Main podcast brought to you by Extend Group and VPS Architecture. Please like, share, 
on any of your social channels. Give us a one star, five star. We want to enhance this experience for you. If it needs to be longer, if it needs to be shorter, if we need to have return guests, if you know a guest that needs to be on, please let us know. Uh, it's on at 530 on main at the extendgroup.com website. There's also a link on the VPS architecture site. Please let us know how we can make this experience better. Lynn, thank you for the hour of great discussion on on. I'm glad lots. we nipped it in an hour and a half. I mean, we could <laughs> talk could, three it could days. Be in, it could be five hours. <laughs> so. We could keep going. Yeah. Mike, sure. any closing words? No, it was just fun. Fun having you on finally. Thanks for agreeing Enjoyed to come it. on. This is the perfect time. All right. That concludes this episode of the App 530 on Main podcast here in the Extension Studio at 530 on Main, Evansville, Indiana. Thanks again. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.